What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for changemakers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Welcome back. You guys have been super patient. I have skipped a couple of weeks with our podcast. We had a, a few things go on in our family and also Christmas and we are starting fresh again this week and I'm so excited to bring you our second part in our speaker series on becoming a speaker who enrolls. And so let's jump right into it. I'm going to give you 11 things today. 11 things that you want to know and need to know as a powerhouse speaker. You guys ready for this? Let's jump in. Number one, believe in yourself. Own your truth. Command your presence. Okay, before you can become an enrolling speaker, you have to be enrolled in yourself and you have to be enrolled in your own vision. I cannot tell you how many times I have seen speakers get on a stage or people have enrolling conversations with someone and they don't even fully believe in their own product or their own message or their own story. And we know this because people begin to be apologetic. So you start your speaking you start your conversation with someone, you start your video, and all of a sudden you feel a little nervous. You feel a little shaky. You are nervous about asking people for money. You're nervous about raising funds for your nonprofit. You're nervous about sharing the price of your service or your uh, curriculum or your program online. And why is that? Is it because it isn't worth it? No. Is it because your cause isn't great enough? No. It's because you have started speaking before you began to enroll yourself in how incredible this vision is going to be for the person you're talking to. Before you begin any type of conversation, before you get on any type of stage, before you push play on that live video or record on anything you're doing, make sure that you are 100% enrolled in yourself and the outcome of this. If you are not fully convinced about the value that you're bringing to the world and to those you're speaking to, do not start. Your very first thing that you need to know is, do I believe in myself? Do I believe in my product? Do I believe in the value? And if the answer is no, you need to go back to the drawing board. You either need to add value or you need to convince yourself of your own value. Because if you have a self-worth problem, you will not be able to raise the funds for your vision or to sell the services that you're providing. So number one, 
Believe in yourself. Enroll yourself in your own truth. People know those who are not enrolled in their own truth. They cannot command your presence. They are constantly apologizing with their body language, with their action, and they become enrolled in your own obstacles. So make sure to believe in yourself, number one. Number two, how to become an enrolling speaker. You need to create aha moments throughout your message. If people know exactly what you're going to say right from when you start, what is the point of them listening? So here is what I'd like for you to consider. As you are prepping and crafting your message, whether it's for a video, whether it is for a live stage audience, or whether you're just going into a conversation, a discovery call, an enrolling call for your program, you need to start with, where am I trying to get everyone? As we talked about in our last episode, you need to start with the end in mind. So if you know the end, you don't need to reveal the end right away. This is a little bit different when you're on a stage or you're on a video or you're having an enrolling conversation. And here's the reason why. If you're having a conversation with someone about your program or product and you go, hey, come to my house for a birthday party and people show up and you're having like a a Tupperware sales party, people are going to feel a little bit like you um, lied to them, right? (laughs) So you want to be honest in those types of things. If you are having an enrolling conversation, you need to, from the beginning, say, hey, I'd really love to talk to you about my program. I think you'd really like it. Do you have some time? You don't want to start going, hey, how are you? What's going on? Oh, by the way, because people feel like they were trapped, right? This is a little different when you're in person on a stage or on a video. You have to create aha moments throughout your message. And oftentimes these are things that people do not know they're going to get. Think of it like this. When it is harvest or Halloween time and you're going through a hay maze. Anybody ever been through a maze built of hay where you literally cannot see over the hay, you don't know where you're going, and you're constantly running into walls? Now, pretend that the person who created the maze built of hay has a helicopter and they're hovering over the top and they literally can see the start and the finish. They are directing you to where they want you to go and they're creating an experience for you to be able to be and receive exactly the message, the emotions, and the content they're looking for. This is the same with public speaking. Somebody's starting. Maybe you're going to tell them a great story. You're going to tell them something funny. Maybe you're going to tell them a really harsh statistic. And then you're going to go through the body of your message. You're going to connect it to them with, hey, why should they be listening? Why do they need to know this information? You need to get their emotions involved. Like we said on the last episode, it's ethos, pathos, and logos. You're getting their emotions involved, credibility, and all of these things in one so that people are ready to hear the end ask or the action step. Now, you have an opportunity to take people through this maze, and they don't really know what they're where they're going, but they're so interested in what you're saying in your message that they follow along right with you until, boom, they're right at the end. And all of a sudden, they see something very powerful and they're moved by it. This is why story is so important. So number two, you need to create aha moments. People don't always need to know where they're landing. And these are the moments that are going to impact and change people's lives. If you say from the beginning exactly where you want them to end, like today I'm going to tell you about how to love people, right? 
Or today, I'm going to tell you about how to change the world. Or today, I'm going to tell you about how to communicate on a level that enrolls people. If this were a stage presentation, I would not start with that. I would start with a very powerful story about a time where I failed as a public speaker, which are so many times. I would start with a story that's funny. Maybe somebody slipped up. Maybe somebody said something that made the audience laugh. I would start with something that got the back door open to their heart. And then I would walk them through what they need to know after they've already been open to the reason why they need to know it. And in the end, I would drop them right off at the end of the maze saying, and by the way, this is the reason why. This is the reason why we need to become enrolling speakers. And all of a sudden, you've got people eating out of your fingertips going, oh my gosh, I need to beef up my communication skills because of this, this, this reason. And you have this emotional appeal. So create aha moments throughout your message, number two. Number three, this is something we alluded to last episode, which is time limits are king. So last time we talked a lot about editing. We talked about being a master editor and being able to edit out things that are kind of superfluous, things that don't really point people in the direction you're going, things that are forgettable or things that just add some fluff that are a little bit easier to fall asleep on, right? Master editors are master authors, are master speakers. So this is along the same lines. Time limits are king. I have been in so many situations where people are given time limits and the guest speaker cannot stick to them. And what that means to me as a person who studies public speaking is this person either is not a very good communicator or didn't practice very much. It is, I mean, or you can add a third option. They're disrespectful, but I try to believe the best about people. If somebody gives you a 20-minute time limit, you better stick to the 20 minutes. And the best public speakers are people who can stick within that and do all of the good that they need to do in that 20 minutes. If you need 40 minutes to talk about something you could talk about in 20 minutes, you're not a master speaker. The reality is we don't need five conclusions. We need to be able to edit out what doesn't fit and respect the time limits of those who have asked us to be public speaking. If we cannot do that, we won't be asked to come back. If you look at this with TED Talks, you can immediately see how this is applicable. You have a time limit. You have a very specific request of what your limitations are. And the beauty is that when you stick to these limits, your craft becomes even that much more powerful. If you look at it in terms of poetry, if somebody says, here's a blank canvas and go ahead and create any kind of poetry, any kind of art, any kind of craft you want, you almost paralyze, right? You get paralyzed. You don't know where to start. You don't know where you're going. But the moment someone says, I want you to start with roses are red, violets are blue. I like candy and I like you too. And then follow that format, right? Or they say, hey, this is a haiku, or they give you certain parameters to utilize in your poetry. All of a sudden, those limitations begin to create a boundary that helps you craft within that, and it increases your 
ability to create a powerful message, right? If we don't have limits, sometimes we cannot do anything. If we have limits, it creates the beauty of our craft. So utilize the time limits. Do not think you need more time. Don't think you are a master researcher, you know all this information and you really need more time and you're gonna go ahead. Make sure you stick to your time limits, number three. Number four, open the back door. Now, I kind of talked about this a little bit before without going into depth, but if you are walking someone into your house, now, for example, you are doing public speaking and you have this audience in the room, you know that within a few minutes, you are going to fall asleep if somebody doesn't give you a reason why you should be listening. If you're not engaged, if your emotions aren't there, if you're not laughing or crying or joking or um, in awe or curious within the first 60 seconds, you will find yourself going, oh man, I just zoned out and I don't know what I missed and now it's hard for me to get back in, right? So we don't want that to happen to our audience, whether it's via video, whether it is on a stage or in an enrolling one-on-one conversation. Story is the way for us to get in someone's back door. Now, if the house, let's say like you're showing a house, you're a real estate agent and you're showing a house and you've got these people coming in, they're curious about the house and the first thing you do is open the door and walk them directly into the living room and they're immediately going, "Mm, not really my thing. When you are doing public speaking or any other kind of communicating You have to either open a side door or a back door, but find a way to get people into the house without actually saying all the things they need to know right at the beginning. Does this make sense? So for example, if I am in a room and I'm walked in, somebody introduces me and I go on stage and I say, here are the 12 reasons you need to know why you should turn on your blinker when you turn right. Most people are going to turn me tune me out. Most people are going to be like, mm, this is interesting, and they might stick with it if they really can, but a lot of people will be gone. 60% of the audience will be sleeping, another 20% will be planning their day for the next week, and I will have lost them. But let's say like I want to tell people 12 reasons to use your right turn, turn signal, right? What I'm going to do is open with a story open with a powerful story about a young girl who just got her driver's license, who was who was driving along and didn't use her turn signal because she thought there was no one coming. And then all of a sudden she got hit in the left side driver's side door. Her car spun around, her CD player stopped working and she hit a, a fence. And she when she went to jump out, her car was so smashed that the frame of the car literally was crushed in and she could not even open the door. She had to jump across the passenger side. This is a reason why somebody should turn on their right turn signal, right? But we need to create a story that draws people that goes, why am I listening? What is this? This is so interesting. And all of a sudden you go, here are 12 reasons why you should turn on your right turn signal, right? And I picked a really boring um, topic right now just so you can get the real impact of creating a story and utilizing a story to get into, to open a back door for someone into your message. You can't just jump into the body without convincing people why they should listen. That's so important. So open a back door, open a side door, use a story, create a scenario, do something that shows people why they should listen to this information. Number five, don't imitate your favorite speaker. Be you. 
Be genuine. Be natural. I can't tell you how many times when I was young, I knew I was going to be in public speaking. And I would literally memorize my favorite jokes for my favorite speakers. And I would try to imitate them. I mean, I wouldn't do it on stage, but I sure was tempted. I loved their body language. I loved how they made people laugh. I loved how they did all these things. You can even see this when people are on like The Voice or American Idol, where they have a favorite singer and the judges will be like, oh, we can see influences of this and this person, right? Seeing influences one thing. Imitating someone is another. Definitely use someone for their creativity. All artists take inspiration from someone. Authors are inspired by others. I am so tempted every time I read a Jen Hatmaker book to start writing like Jen Hatmaker. And it's so funny because even if you listen to like Rachel Hollis, she's an incredible author, incredible speaker. She even says like there were times where she was actually sued because her writing sounded so much like the people that inspired her. So make sure that you be you. People don't want a copycat version of someone else. You are unique. Be you. Be genuine. Be authentic. Be natural. Don't imitate someone else. Number six, make the vehicle do what you want it to do. Now, this sounds a bit crazy, but follow me here. When I was learning how to drive, I started learning on a stick shift. And I remember one day I went around the shoulder or it was like the bend going on to the freeway, as we call it in California. Here in Florida, we don't call it a freeway because they're usually not free, but the interstate. um, And as I was turning around, I remember feeling the car like literally carrying me and I felt like I was out of control. And I remember the person who was teaching me to drive said, do not let the car drive you. You tell the vehicle what you want it to do. And all of a sudden, I took my power back. I know so oftentimes public speaking is scary. Speaking in front of a camera, on a video camera, even having a rolling conversation, it can feel like things are getting out of control, that you have lost control from where you want it to go. Take the conversation Take the speaking, take the video recording, and make it do what you want it to do. You are in control. You have the remote control. You are playing the Nintendo game. Wow, that dated me. (laughs) Don't let it move you. You get to tell it what to do. So make sure to create something that is so powerful that you believe in, something that you have memorized, something that you have practiced, something that you are confident and ready to speak out into the world. Do not allow it to own you. Now, here is what happens when we feel like it's going out of control. This is the reason why. Usually we have an idea. Usually we're not fully enrolled in that idea. Usually we start getting nervous about the things that we're not enrolled in. All of our little nerds come out and tell us all the reasons why that we're not going to be good at this, that people aren't going to listen to us and that they're not going to buy into what we're saying. And then we walk up on stage with that lack of confidence. And not only do we have that lack of confidence, we also have the lack of evidence. So we go on stage and we have not prepared well. Oftentimes, we have not created something that is memorable for people. We haven't created aha moments. And then we haven't practiced because practice is honestly 80% of it. Most people I know do research for 30 hours a week and then they practice for two. And really, it's backwards. You could do two hours of research and practice for 30 hours and have a killer 
speaking engagement. Because practice is what is going to take you to the next level. Practice is what's going to help you edit out the things that don't need to be there. Practice is what is going to help you take the vehicle where you want it to go rather than allow the vehicle to turn you and make you feel out of control. So you need to take command of your own confidence. This is how you command the stage. This is how you walk up knowing what you're going to say. You have to know that you know that you know that what you're saying is right for the world and that it is right for you and all those listening. If you don't have that kind of confidence and if you haven't practiced it, then you will struggle and everyone else will feel it. So make sure you make the vehicle do what you want it to do. Do not get up there and let it run you. Number seven, watch yourself back on video. I I laugh at this because a lot of people would probably think if you did a presentation and watched yourself that you're egotistical, that you're narcissistic, that you're, oh, you just love to see yourself. And the reality is that's not always the case. I mean, it definitely can be for some people. But I use watching the replay as a portion of my practice for crafting my messages. Now, this is what I mean by that. I played AAU basketball growing up, and some of my best teams, not only did we have game days, we had practice days, and we had tape days, where we literally watched the replays of our videos. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't always know what we could improve upon or correct. Because when you're in the moment, You feel you're doing all that you can do to take it in the direction you want it to go. But when you watch it, you go, oh, I missed that interception. Oh, instead of going up to get that rebound, I started running back before it was time. Oh, I actually did a little double dribble there instead of crossing over behind my back to get to the opposite side. Oh, you know what? Dante was open down the middle and I never see her. And we don't see that stuff unless we watch the video. And the video helps us to get out of ourselves and out of our mind. Because people might come back and you can ask people, hey, give me some critique. And of course, some people are going to be honest with you. Some people are going to be really gracious and they're not going to say anything. And others just don't even know. The best way to improve is to watch yourself play back. Replay it. Analyze it. Write down the things you want to improve upon. Most often, these are things like body language, voice inflection, the way that we use space, the way that we pause, the way that we use volume. All of these things are part of presentation. Sometimes we even create this powerful story, and then we think everybody knows how it connects to the body of our message. And in reality, We miss the transitional statement that really links the importance of the story and people end up being lost. And for 10 minutes, they're trying to figure out what that story even had to do with what we were talking about. But you can find out those things when you watch your playback. So number seven, replay the video back to yourself and make sure you're perfecting your craft. Number eight, be animated. And we alluded to this a little bit in the last one, but learn how to use volume pauses, inflection, pace, right? I can start talking like this really fast and you can know that it's going to be really important and I'm going to get to a really important part of the story and if you don't, you'll get hit by a car, right? Or I can pause. I can repeat. I can say it again. Number eight, for those of you who want to hear it again, be animated. Be animated. Be animated. You can use all of these different ways, inflection, body language, pace, 
volume, you can whisper, you can sit, you can stand. All of these things are intentional. When a public speaker is pacing the stage, when they're moving aimlessly around, when their hands are flying everywhere, sometimes this can be distracting from your overall message. And people will walk away going, wow, that person's got a lot of energy and they talk really fast, but I can't really remember what they said. Or if a person is very intentional about all these moments, like you utilize your stage just like an actor utilizes the screen, just like a Olympic gold medalist on the gymnastic, uh, what is it, the floor routine uses their floor. You have the ability to control where it goes and how you use these things. And it all comes from being animated. Now, being animated doesn't mean being overly animated. It doesn't mean talking so fast that people can't understand you. It means being intentional about all of the things that you want to share. And where do you pause? Where do you slow? Where do you increase the speed? Where do you turn? Where do you sit? All of this is very, very powerful. Now, let me remind you, though, do not be overcalculated. If you can't do these things naturally, it will not draw your audience. You have to perfect these things in a way that makes them really, really natural. And it comes with time. It comes with creating a space for yourself to practice. And I would encourage you, you can do so many different ways of practice. And really, that is so important. And I'll share more of that with you later. Number nine, looking at your notes. I would say, don't look at your notes. Now, a lot of people look at their notes. I'm not saying this is bad. I am a teacher at heart. I love having a great outline. But what I have found is when you have a 20-minute timeline or a 10-minute timeline, you need to have your message memorized. So here's what I do. I do it just like an essay that they tell you from college. You have an intro, you have a body, one to three points, and you have a conclusion, right? Everything must tie together. I sum up every part of my outline with one word, the one word that is going to remind me of what I talk about. Then I memorize five words. And I practice, practice, practice with only using those five words. And then I stand on a stage and I talk about word number one. And as soon as I get to this place of like, oh, crud, I'm really into this story and I can't remember what I'm supposed to do next. I go, oh, word two. And I remember the connection between word one and word two because it makes sense in my mind. So I don't even use notes. And I feel that when you don't use notes, you can be more natural. You can have a conversation. You can be more authentic and vulnerable. Oftentimes, people are looking at their notes so much that it feels like, yes, it may be natural because you thought about it, but you're so in your head that people get lost and they don't pay attention. So don't look at your notes. Find a way to practice and memorize. Number 10, relabel your nerves into excitement. I have met so many speakers who are like, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous. Well, hopefully you'll never be in a place in your life where you're no longer nervous. Like, you don't need to be an arrogant speaker. You don't need to be like, yeah, I'm so good, I know this, right? I've been speaking since I was 16 years old, and I still get nervous. But I relabel those emotions into excitement. I go, man, I am so excited. I create a speaking routine right before I speak. I do certain things that empower me and help me to funnel my nerves into excitement, fun, and joy. And when I'm with other people who are about to go on stage, I always lean over and whisper, and I'm like, hey, don't forget to have fun. <laughs> so make sure you relabel those things. Tell those emotions what they are. Do not allow them to dictate how well you are going to perform your message and deliver your content. Number 11, the final tip I'm going to give you for becoming an enrolling speaker is to 
Use your mirror as your friend. Become friends with your mirror. I know that sounds crazy, but when you are practicing something, when you are preparing something, you should stand in front of your bathroom mirror or the mirror you get dressed in front of or whatever it is and practice your message. It is so super awkward. I know. It is weird to look at yourself. You don't know what to do with your hands. You don't know what to do with your face or your expressions. You start getting lost in your own eyes. This is the best way to prepare because you will critique yourself and you will grow so much from your ability. You will also be able to speak in front of any audience. It is so hard for me to speak in front of audiences of four people versus audiences of 400 or 4,000. When I know the eyes that are on me and I have to look into them, I get nervous. I start thinking I'm on a stage. 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 (laughs) But if you are able to look in a mirror and do your entire presentation and you are able to do this over and over, you will become a better speaker because your fear of eyes will go away. You will be able to look into anyone's eyes and know that you can continue your conversation and your message on point and not worry about what people are thinking, not worry about what you look like, not worry that you're on a stage. And I think this one is so powerful and often overlooked because it is scary. You are your own worst critic. It is so important to do these things. So I'm going to review them real quick. I want you guys to just take notes just in case. Feel free to email me at hello at practicegoodwithshiloh.com. If you have any questions, I would love to go deeper into any of these. Number one, believe in yourself, own your truth, command your presence. Number two, create aha moments. Number three, time limits are king. Number four, open the back door. Number five, don't imitate your favorite speaker. Number six, make the vehicle do what you want it to do, girl. Number seven, watch yourself back on video. Number eight, be animated. Number nine, don't look down at your notes. Number 10, relabel your nerves into excitement. And number 11, make friends with the mirror. This is so important. These are so powerful. These are some of the greatest tips that I have in The Biggest Secrets. And while we were only able to go into them on a surface level, I wanted to throw these out to you guys because we are in the middle of a pandemic still. And this is the perfect time for every single entrepreneur, every single change maker, every single person that has a message or an a point of advocacy or a leader. This is the absolute perfect time for you to brush up on your craft, for you to perfect the art of communication, whether it's one-on-one in an enrolling conversation or whether it's presentations to small groups or speaking to large audiences or even video recordings. This is the time for you to get good at what you do because when all this ends, people want to hear from you. And honestly, people need to hear from you now. So you've got to figure out ways to craft your story, bring in ethos, pathos, and logos, begin to prepare and prep and practice and utilize your passion, your enrolling ability, your ability to enroll yourself in yourself and your product to change the world today. You can do this, guys. You got this. We've got this. You can do this. So make sure. Practice. Get it out there. Start to create a message that makes sense to you. Work with a copywriter if you have to on creating all of the things that I've told you and putting those into your website, into your blog, all the different things that you use. But don't just sit around and think what I'm doing is okay. We all can improve 
on our communication. And even the best of the best speakers are constantly improving. So make sure you are growing. You are growing and developing your communication skills during this time because when a speaking gig gets opened up to you, you want to be ready to take that. Don't all of a sudden start to get good at public speaking when someone presents an opportunity to you. Because number one, you won't be ready. And number two, maybe they're not coming to you because you're not ready, because you haven't perfected it. So what do they say? Like if you if you build it, they will come. If you, you know, if you prepare yourself to be a world-changing public speaker, an enrolling conversationalist, a person who does live videos that change hearts and change minds, then you will. And you will be ready when the time comes. So I encourage you guys, go ahead and invest in yourself. Start practicing these things. And if you have questions or you need some more support, I would be happy to help you. Go ahead and email me, hello at practicegoodwithshiloh.com. I also wanted to let you guys know that we do have the Ultimate Changemakers resource list. It has everything you can think of in terms of what you need to do and different resources and blogs and books and um, all of these different things to be able to create change in the world. You can go to www.practicegoodwithshiloh.com and get that free. Um, And also, tomorrow, we are starting the Changemaker Master Series. This is a one-week free summit where you get three different interviews every single day from master changemakers all over the world. These are people that are creating powerful change all over the world, some for entire countries. These are online business people creating seven figures. These are uh, world-renowned thought leaders. We've got a VP of Franklin Covey. We have got change leaders. We have got the Yellow Conference uh, founder, Joanna Waterfall, who is going to be sharing with you how she started her conference to empower women who create meaningful work in the world. There are so many powerful speakers that are going to share with you their startup stories, their successes, their failures, their tears, their wins, and their tips with you. So you do not want to miss it as we go into 2021, get on this list. The best way for you to do that is to go to our Facebook group or page, which is Practice Good with Shiloh. You can find the link there. You could also go to my personal Instagram, which is just Shiloh Kashima, S-H-I-L-O-H-K-A-R-S-H-I-M-A. You can find it at the top of my Instagram in the description there. Um, But you definitely want to get connected to this because the videos are only available for three days. If you cannot watch them, that's fine. You can get the VIP access pass, which you can have access to later on and watch them as well. But you are going to have some incredible and powerful inspiration, encouragement, and challenge for your change-making journey. So make sure you do that. Finally, I just wanted to say, guys, I'm going to continue to remind you because it's so powerful. If you love this podcast, share with your friends, like it, um, do a review, give some stars here. Let us know why you like it. It helps us to be able to grow and continue to stay on topic of what you're loving and what is most powerful to you. I love you guys. This is so fun. I can't wait to connect with you. And I will see you in the new year. Woo! Woo!